on the phone, we are speaking to a gentleman who has all of the answers to the ills of our society. A gentleman who has a lot to say about our people. A gentleman who cares about our people, who loves our people. Our leader, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, who is alive. We still follow dead leaders, but let's recognize the leaders that we have amongst us right now, living and breathing. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, so good to speak to you again, sir. And honored to remake your acquaintance. Sorry it's by phone and radio, but I certainly love to see you in person. Back in 1986, at Mosque 11, what I said to you was, one day I want to be just like you. And you said, no, better. <laughs> well, that's right. <laughs> Son, that, that is right. Um, I've been fusing the music and the language of this new culture called hip-hop to create a platform of expression for the youth so that when they're listening to some of the music, in between the music, I interject the knowledge. I'm wondering if that's a good direction or path. Uh, brother, I, I know that you are on a right course. Music and rhythm has always been a way to introduce knowledge. When we were learning our ABCs, we learned it through song. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. Well, somebody realized that children can learn easier through song or music. And some have learned that rhythms, rhythms drive words deeper into consciousness. And so when our young rap artists began hip-hop, Many years ago, their aim was to educate the public through rhyme and rap, and then rhythm was added to it. And then the wickedly wise took it from conscious rap to what is called gangster rap to promote a mentality among our young people that glorified the worst part of ghetto life. And now there's a level of consciousness that we have been pushing for for years, that our young artists, whether they know it or not, they are world leaders. They have more followers throughout the world than all the preachers combined, and that puts upon the young a tremendous responsibility. As I've traveled, my dear brother and listening audience throughout the world, it is corrupt and wicked elite or leaders that are using the zeal of young people in a wicked way. But if the rap artists used the skill of a rhyme and the magnificence of a beat behind wise words,
youth, and instead of making them instruments of self-destruction, violence, and mayhem, they could take these same young people and make them instruments of peace. For the scripture says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. The rappers are in that position. And for you, my brother, to use your influence on this radio station and online station to inspire young people to higher goals through rap, using music to push the word. I think you're being very wise and your wisdom is being rewarded because there now is a change coming about and these young artists are becoming not only the cultural icons of that which is decadent, but they soon will be the cultural icons of that which will rule this coming world. Okay, thank you so much for that, sir. Um, Minister Farrakhan, in the state of the black union, you, you addressed a lot of issues and with respects to our immediate community. Can you tell us why so many black families are without fathers and what can be done to bring back the two-parent household in the black community? I met a young man named Rupert Walcott who grew up next door to me. His mother was my other mother. I didn't have a relationship with his dad as much as I had with his mother. But early this morning, as I awakened, I reflected on Rupert and his brother and his mother and his father. And I would look out of my window early in the morning and I would see Rupert's dad walking across Shumut Avenue with his lunch pail in his hand. I knew that lunch pail signified that Mrs. Walcott had made him a lunch. And I knew that his early rise and early movement meant that he was going off to a job. And no matter how much money he received, Mrs. Walcott could stay home and nurture the children and help to produce community life. And Mr. Walcott would work hard to bring home what money he received to be the man that God intended men to be, the maintainers of females and the providers for the female and the issue that she brings forth from her womb. Today, that has been systematically taken from us. In the 40s with World War, our women were taken from the homes and given jobs in the factories. Therefore, the children were latchkey children that had to let themselves into the house and wait until mom and dad 
returned. But this began breaking down the order that God intended, and as such, as the factories began to move out of the inner cities into the suburbs and out of the suburbs to cheap labor markets overseas, the factories closed and the less learned of us lost their jobs. And a man can't be a man without doing the things that a man should do. So this lack of money and lack of authority or loss of authority began to erode family life and arguments broke out over this and that, mainly over money. And these arguments killed the spirit of love and men left the home. And now 70% of black homes are run by a female, though a male was present because there are children. How do we bring the male back? First, we have to put the hood on the man to produce manhood. We have to give him again the knowledge that makes a man a man. The male organ does not make a man a man. It is the knowledge of God and self and self-realization through knowledge and its application that allows a man to be a man where a woman is attracted to him, can honor him and respect him because he's not just a physical creature, he's a mental and moral and spiritual creature with a social consciousness. And then we have to turn around. If there are no jobs in the city, we have to learn now how to create jobs for ourselves. Out of the American economy, according to what they say, we spend $750 billion a year, which makes us, just with our income, the 12th largest economy in the world. But that economy is dissipated because of our disunity and our lack of knowledge of how to pool our resources to create those things that we need through industry. And so we need to go back to the Genesis and do like God said, let us make man, but let's make him again in the image of God. And let us make woman to be his help meet, that he might meet the obligation that God has put on a man by the nature of his creation. And then we can reverse this horrific trend and make home a place to be because there's a mom, there's a dad, there are children, there's a loving environment. That's what I grew up under in this beautiful city of Boston. Even though I didn't know my father, my brother's father was my father. 
my neighbor's father was my father. And so when I walked the street and would cuss and act the fool, my brother, my neighbor's mother would come out and chastise me and then take me to my mom who would finish the job. And so I grew up in a warm and loving church environment, school environment, home environment, community environment. So that we have to produce again. May God bless us to do that. Okay, once again, this is MC Spice. I'm talking to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And we just touched on family. To, to go further into that, marriage among blacks has fallen 34% compared to uh, America's overall decline of about 17%. Why have some of us as a people opted out of the covenant of marriage in, in the black community? Well, marriage... Uh, my dear brother and, and listeners, is more than people making vows. It's about fulfilling duty. One of the things that the New Testament constantly preaches is love. But one of the things that the Holy Quran, which is the book of scripture of the Muslims, constantly admonishes us on is duty. You can't say, I love you. In that context, love is a verb. And if you use love as a verb and not as a noun, that means there has to be an action that corresponds to the word that reflects your duty to the woman to the children that will come from that marriage a duty to yourself. So when a person has no education, has nothing in front of them to look forward to, marriage then is the furthest thing from their mind. And today, with a sex-oriented culture, A man can have pleasure without responsibility, so why be married? And if a woman will give herself away to a man without a man making a pledge to be responsible for that which is going on that is for married life, then we've cheapened marriage. We've cheapened the institution by cheapening ourselves and taking sex for pleasure, no responsibility. And right now, you know, God ordains sex for procreation. And if we are not in the uh, thought of reproducing ourselves, because this is how life continues throughout the generations. It's through procreation. Well, if America now with Roe versus Wade has made it legal for us to have abortions, and from what I read recently, 40% 
of all abortions in America are by black women. I don't know the truth of those statistics, but if we as a people are 13% of the population and yet 40% of the abortions, then we accept to kill the fruit of the womb rather than work to nurture it, support it, and make a future for it. And so, again, this world in which we live is promoting this, and we have to produce a new and better world in fulfillment of what is written in the scriptures. Behold, I make all things new. There will be a new heaven and a new earth, and the former things shall pass away. We have to begin anew. And that means there has to be a new idea that governs our thinking, a new idea that produces new thoughts that will make us new creatures. And that is what the New Testament is really talking about when someone gets to know Jesus, the Christ, they become a new creature in him, meaning a transformation takes place in the way you think if you're really a true disciple of the Christ. But there are too few, too many who say his name, too few who follow him. May God bless you, my brother, bless your radio efforts, and I thank you so much for the privilege and the honor of sharing these few words with your listeners. And we thank you very much. Lastly, can you leave some words of wisdom for our youth, especially those caught up in gang activity, gang violence, something that they can take to uh, possibly turn their lives around for the better? Right now, if we do not regain our youth and stop the violence that is permeating our communities, there is an executive decision that you soon will see. The same thing you see in the streets of Baghdad, in the streets of Ramallah, in uh, the West Bank, in occupied Palestine. The same things that you see in house-to-house combat that is now the war of the present and the future. You will see it in the streets of America, in the inner cities, soldiers, National Guard, knocking down doors, looking for weapons, using that as an excuse to murder. And just as tens of thousands of Iraqis have died in the horror of this war, if we don't make a change, tens of thousands of our youth will be slaughtered in the streets of America. We, in, as elders in leadership, 
must work very hard to give our young people a future. Because if we don't do our job, and if the young people don't accept to be better than what we are, if we rejoice in killing each other in this fratricidal spirit that is in the black community, then I fear that what I have said will come to pass, and not in the distant future, but in the very near future. May God bless the preachers, the teachers, the activists, those of us who love our people. Go and retrieve our young people. Give them hope and replace drugs with something substantive. Give them hope, give them jobs, give them a, 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 a sense of a future because the influx of drugs and guns has set up our community for the slaughter. May God bless us all to do better. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you for your questions. Thank um, Brother Don for being a spiritual father. So many in this city who would be fatherless without his presence and his intervention. May God bless him, bless the Muslim community, bless the Christian community to work together to make our community a decent and safe place to live. Thank you for listening, and may God bless each of you with the light of understanding. Assalamu alaikum, peace be unto you. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you so much, uh, Minister Louis Farrakhan. We love you and we appreciate you. Thank you. We love you and we appreciate you. As Michael says, when I say I love you, Mike, he said, I love you more. That's Michael Jackson. <laughs> I love you more, brother. All right. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. <laughs>